I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. What up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Daughter Donnie Ooh podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie Ooh, best of all of what he does. It's a new day. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> Do you know why it's a new day? Well, there's two reasons close to my heart that there. It's a new day. There is a new horizon. There's a, the, the sun is shining on the horizon. Well, first and foremost, for all my wrestling fans out there, Big E, formerly Big E Langston, currently one-third of the new day, became WWE champion. This past Monday night on Raw, beating the almighty Bobby Lashley. Casting the money in the bank contract briefcase. Called a shot earlier during the day. Started the show. Let it be known. Yeah, either Bobby or Randy. Either one of y'all win after your little title match at the end of the night. I'm cashing in, and I'm beating y'all. And darn it, that's what he did. So, salute to Big E. Salute to the new day. <laughs> that's reason number one. Reason number two, if you're hearing my voice right now, I'm quite sure you probably figured out, darn, it sounds a little bit more refined. It sounds a little bit more polished. It sounds a little bit... Or should I say, greatly improved. And that's because I actually upgraded. And I'm at home in my room studio, a.k.a. my bedroom. And I got a microphone. And I'm doing it on a laptop, which is probably actually only the second time I've done this in, what, today's episode is episode 71? So, yeah, first time in 71 episodes, I'm actually doing this fully for my laptop. 
man. Moving on up, moving on up. Ha. Huh. So, those are the two reasons. This week, I will be giving a little recap of this past Sunday's week one of the NFL regular season. I am going to narrow down my topics to, of course, what's near and dear to my heart, which would be the New York J-E-T-S Jets. And they lost this weekend against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, shoot, I got a lot of things to say. And um, actually, I'm going to be very fair. I'm going to be very level-minded. And um, I'm not even really pissed off. Concern in some in some aspects, but mostly, you know, taking it in stride. Because like I told y'all, I have no expectations whatsoever when it comes to my team. The expectations are so nil in my mind, I can't even remember how many wins I predicted for them to win. But there is another team in town that I have to talk about. And um won't so so much say take the task, because at the end of the day, I really don't care about them. But I'm going to give equal and fair share uh, of the time devoted to football to the new two New York teams. And that would be the New York football giants who um, unfortunately lost this past week against the Denver Broncos. So I'm going to, you know, give my little salty thoughts on that. And uh, yeah, that's what's on tap this week. Thank everyone who did tune in last week. <laughs> in this case, a couple of days ago for my second annual half-ass Donnie's uh Donnie's half-ass NFL preview. Yeah, uh, I know if you got through the you know, if you got through it all, it was a long ride. But I truly appreciate those who did. And for those who tapped out, hopefully halfway, then um I appreciate y'all also. Um I doubt, very doubt, very much doubt that um I will ever do a two and a half hour podcast, but I feel that the information that was in there and, you know, little antidotes and quips and so forth, hopefully it was an entertaining ride. With all that out the way, let's get this shit on the road. Without further ado, good night and goodbye. Man, I'm actually glad that I listened to the intro before I commenced to start recording the rest of this podcast because I noticed in the background the one thing that can irritate and aggravate every listener out there because they've probably dealt with it themselves and that is the sound of your smoke detector Beeping because the battery needs to be changed. It's so irritating when you're listening to something that it just takes you out and you're like, you know what, maybe I'll just fast forward. Or, or matter of fact, maybe I'll take uh, listen to this at a later time. But no, if that's just going to be on here for the rest of the episode, 
Maybe I'll catch him next week and hopefully he'll realize that he needs to change his batteries. So that's what I did. So no more beep, beep. Because when you're in the house or if the shit happens to you personally and you're in the house, just by human nature, you become so used to it that it just blends in. It doesn't really, you know, catch your attention. But yeah, so apologize for that. I don't know why I took time out the way, but that's what type of benevolent dude Donnie Ooh is. So, like I said, anyway, before I get into like the the recaps of my Jets and those Giants, I feel like every sport that I've you know talked about recently, I devote a little uh <laughs> a little segment to it. And um being the fact that last episode we had such an in-depth fantasy talk and I've said in the past that um you know I'll tell y'all my little my little uh, my wins, my losses or my little little bullshit bets. I felt like maybe I should give the masses <laughs> a chance to laugh at Donnie Ooh by letting y'all know my fantasy uh, gaffes each week. So, I guess we're going to entitle this this segment, Donnie doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Week one. Do you know, after all that pertinent information and all the questions yours truly, Donnie Wu asked, my OG when it comes to fantasy, Mojo King, we had an hour of discussion. One hour. In some cases, probably about 64 minutes to be exact. With all the information that he's espoused to the masses, do you know that when I made up my lineup, it's like all that shit went through one end right off the other? Like, uh... It's almost like, matter of fact, this is exactly what the what the hell it was. Yes, I'm going to try to be refraining from cursing as much as I've done in the past. I know that was my awkward charm, but um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, so uh, fuck it. <laughs> but you know what I really realized what I did? I tried to be so cute, and I tried to be show show that i was the smartest one in the freaking league that uh i was going on bargains to me the first week is where everybody is priced you know in a decent range so you can you can afford to splurge on two or three premium players because you can still get decent players to fill out your roster so, case in point, I believe this past week, Tyreek Hill was going for about $8,300, which is a steal. Because if you could get Tyreek Hill in week eight at $8,300, you jump on all over that. Because by that time, he's like about $10,000. Anywho. So, my first inclination, or at least how I used to do it, when I first started doing this fantasy shit, 
my first inclination would have been take Tyreek, take Mahomes, or all right, I end up taking Justin Herbert, which he had a decent game, but fantasy wise, he was kind of mediocre. But anyway, I would have took Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey. Maybe sprinkling a Dalvin Cook or or because because I was going to skimp on tight end. So I'll I'll take a flyer on on Kyle Pitts, the, the rookie from Atlanta. Or Gasecki, which I actually took in um, in one of my lineups, actually for a lineup for for a double up. And Gasecki, I think he had two targets. He is not the number one tight end no more. That's what goes that's what it goes back to doing your research and being being up on the current situation of said team, said roster, said offense. I'm going based on how Kaseki been doing the last two years, specifically how he's done against my New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 which was strike number two against Donnie U. Letting personal bias affect who you determine worthy enough to be on your lineup. I took it as this man always murders my team, so therefore I'm going to take him because he should be a bargain at $4,500. Get a bullshit defense. In this case, my beloved J-E-T-S Jets was going for $2,400. So I picked them. And they actually gave me four points. Better than breaking even, much better than being negative. So you take that four and run with it. But this is where I second-guess myself. So my lineup, just off the top of my head, but it should be accurate, I had Justin Herbert as my right, uh, as my as my quarterback. I had, uh, who did I have? I had Kyle Pitts for my tight end. I, fle- I flexed, I had him as the flex, but then I switched him over to, to the tight end position because I took Kazeki out because Kazeki was my flex. Took him out, put Melvin Gordon in as my flex, as my late flex. So I gave myself flexibility. Ha ha. Then I had Cortland Sutton at one of the wide receiver slots. The only person I, which guard I, I hit with was Lockett, Tyler Lockett from um, from Seattle. He's the only person I hit with. I can't remember who I who. Oh yeah, I had Julio Jones for another wide receiver. This dude gave me three catches and like twenty seven yards. I mean, Tennessee got shut down all all, all around. And damn, who did I have for my third wide receiver? Right receiver. I can't remember my my tight end. I mean, my running backs are nothing. But anyway, so then I took out Sutton. I was like, you know what, Judy. Yeah, I could which core. I could, I could, I should put Judy in instead of Sutton because Sutton is coming off the injury from last year. They're going to ease him in. Judy is the deep threat, and I have confidence in Teddy Bridgewater to get it to Judy. But this is where I fucked up. I start looking for um, 
late late replacements because I had like three slots dedicated to the late Slater games. My opponent was was struggling similarly, and I had him by a nine point lead going into the four o'clock games. But I wasn't really confident in my lineup. And I'm going to drop this jewel because it'll be knowledge that you will need to know for when I start talking about the New York football giants. I was like, you know, Denver going against the Giants. Giants defense might step it up. Maybe that's not a good play. Whether it's Cortland or Judy or Gordon. Figure the Giants are going to be stout up the middle. If anything, their secondary might be suspect. But if they're stout up the middle, they'll be able to continue. Well, they'll be able to uh, stop the running game. So that means I got to get Gordon out of there. So after I get Gordon out of there, I go to, uh, to the wide receiver slot. And I take Sutton out. Then I'm looking like, okay, who do I see? I see Callaway from um from New Orleans for thirty four hundred dollars. New Orleans right receiver core has been damaged, done. Michael Thomas is out for the first five games. Trey Cron Smith was out. So you're figuring who did. So you're figuring out how you're going to finish this podcast before somebody else comes and interrupts you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, y'all, y'all already know, like y'all hear the interruptions. I, I leave that all that shit in. I ain't editing none of that out. Anyway. So, like I said, I figured Callaway is going to be like such a steal because it's going to be a shootout with him and green Bay. I mean, with you know, new Orleans and green Bay. So, um, yeah, calories are still. So of course, as my luck would have it, Jameis Winston throws for five touchdown passes and none of those touchdown passes were caught by Mr. Calloway. <laughs> Go figure. Go effing figure. So, being the fact that I took Callaway at such a such a small price, I'm figuring, okay, this would be perfect. You know what I should do? I could splurge. But instead of splurging on, let's say, uh, Tyreek Hill or or Kelsey, put Kelsey at the in the flex. No, 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 no. You know what I do? I splurge on, I believe it was Devontae Parker. No, 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 no. Damn. Why? Devontae Adams. Yeah, the name escaped me because he gave me next to nothing. As for my running back, this is what I remember now. I picked the wrong running back from Cleveland. I figured Kareem Hunt, 14 touchdowns last season. Yeah. 
You know, I could get him for about eight hundred dollars cheaper than um than Chubb. So I pick Hunt. Only thing Hunt did two point conversion. I think he had a late touchdown, but um of course the feature back, the bell cow, if you will, was Chubb. So that nine point lead that I had going into the into the slate of the four o'clock games. Ended up being a 14-point deficit and a 14-point loss. But the most disturbing part about my loss wasn't the loss itself. Wasn't the fact that I was uh, overthinking and trying to be too cute. It was the ongoing trend that... uh. My point total. Now, the league that we are, it goes by DraftKings rules. You know, um, DFS, DraftKings rules. Point system and so forth. And um, I failed to reach 100 points. I lost 107 to 93. If you're familiar with the DraftKings model, the DFS model, at least in the football point of view, because that's the only thing I, only thing of somewhat uh, expertise that I can speak upon, and I'm far from an expert. Normally, you want to get at least a, over 100 points to have a chance. 93 points. And the only one that I, like I said, out of my lineup that really did anything for me was Lockett. Last season, out of those 16 games last season, those 16 weeks, I wouldn't even say 16 weeks, 16, you know, 16 contests, I failed to reach 100 points in more than half of them. So that tells me, and it should have told me during the offseason, my train of thought has to change because I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm taking too many chances and I'm not garnering nearly enough points to be even be competitive out of 32 people in the league I was number 30 when it comes to points but I believe I overestimated the defense of the New York football giants. I gave them more respect than they deserved. <laughs> respect that they will never get from Donnie again. I gave them more respect than they deserved. And cost me a chance to steal one in week one. Because my opponent... Whoever he or she was, wasn't that great? They only got 107 points. If I would have, shit, if I would have, if I would have left Gordon in, I would have won. Huh. Would have put Judy in, I would have won. But those two players, those two slots in particular, cost me 
based on my respect for the New York football giants. You know what? We can continue talking about the Giants now. Get them to get them the hell out the way. Like I said, the Giants lost this past week against the Denver Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Two Gloves, as uh Bart Scott is fond of saying. Torched their secondary like he was the second coming of a t- of a of a real tan John Elway. Their secondary just looked lost. the 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 linebackers couldn't 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 cut up couldn't cover the tight end. Couldn't cover the uh the uh the the running back. They couldn't cover anybody. And this is a personal point of view, purely personal point of view. Even though I I, I have heard this opinion shared by others. The Giants are so effing boring to watch. You, their offense shows no creativity whatsoever. Okay. You have Saquon Barkley, who's supposed to be this generational talent. And in the four years, that he's been on the team, not really counting last year because he did get injured pretty much second game of the season, second week of the season. What have they done to truly accentuate his strengths? Now, I understand they need to bring him along slowly. I understand that in past, in prior years, this year included, their offensive line has been pure shit. With all that being said, have you ever seen them really use Saquon Barkley out of the backfield as a pass catcher? Get him in space? Saquon Barkley can have these Gordy stats, 150 yards on 16 carries. But in those 16 carries, nine of them were for less than two yards. And then he broke one for 55 yards. It's not consistent. It's more more Barry Sanders than uh, anybody else. Because I feel like if he's if you're bringing him along slowly and you don't really want him to get a pounding so early in the season, this would be the best time to implement a two back a two back system. Meaning you have Saquon in the game, and primarily you're gonna use him out of the backfield in the flat, put which gonna split him out wide left, if that's in his repertoire. We was led to believe that it is. If you saw the way Carolina deployed McCaffrey, it was almost sickening. In the many facets of the game, the many ways that they 
that they discovered how to get him the ball. A lot of times, get him the ball in space and let him do special magical things. Jason Garrett doesn't have a clue. You have Daniel Jones, who is very mobile. And he's, and he's mobile by necessity because that offensive line just leaks like a sieve. Yeah, Andrew Thomas was a little bit was improved. Um, better in the second half than in the first. But you still had Nate Soldier just getting beat like a drum. You had uh who oh, Hernandez. He 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 was started, right? Well, I didn't really hear his name much. So that means he must have had a he must have had a decent day. You had Sterling Shepard. Yeah. He did his thing. He had four, I think he had four catches, 87 yards. But everybody else was quiet. Galladay. Didn't hear, didn't see a peep. Spent all this money on the offense. This is Daniel Jones' third year. Show and prove. Show and prove. Like I've like I said before, Joe Judge ain't going nowhere. Joe Judge inherited Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has to cut down on the turnovers, specifically the fumbles. He he shoots his team in the foot year after year after year with these careless fumbles, with these careless turnovers. I believe he has more fumbles than he has interceptions. So it's almost like a detriment from when he is mobile and gets himself out of out of, out of which called harm's way because all the defense has to do is just stand by and he's gonna give it up. Shook. Scared to look. I mean, you know, <laughs> my prediction for the Giants was seven wins, ten losses. Out of the playoffs. I'm going to tweet that. Because after seeing what I saw. I'll be. Not really engrossed into it. It was more like a passing eye. But every time I paid attention. It was never nothing positive for the Giants. I think I should tweak my prediction. Because at this rate. I don't see them. Even sniffing seven wins. So my new prediction this week on uh, this segment, even though it's broken up like a motherfucker, of Donnie doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, Donnie didn't know what the hell he was thinking, giving the Giants seven wins. We're going to take that down two notches. Five wins, 12 losses, out of the playoffs. Full disclosure. I want some bullshit. I could swear that that beat was not going to be audible to anybody's ear because I made more of a concerted effort to uh, kind of soundproof the room that I'm in. Like I said, currently in my bedroom. <laughs> but no, the Lewis snapback box is not with me. But it's still only available in my apartment. And, uh, yeah, I should have prefaced that to say the sponsor of this here and every episode of the Saucy Dorsey Donnie Ooh 
is the Lewis Snapback Box. Currently and only available in my apartment was specifically my bed, but that's neither here or there because I'm currently in my bedroom. You see how I bring that shit all the way fucking 360 degrees full circle? Yeah, three dollars and six dimes. Yeah, you may ask. That's because you didn't do your math. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh yeah, if you hear the fucking uh if you hear the hit a beep in the back, it is what it is. I didn't have a chance to go and get my battery yet. And I didn't want to take it out because if I take it out, that means it's really not gonna work. At least if it's beeping, I know it's gonna work. Possibly. That's your fire prevention tip of the day. <laughs> anyway, but let's talk about my JETS 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 Jets. Enough about these other teams, you know, that uh have a darker shade than green that currently uh cohabitate our shared home, which should be ours, but it's more theirs because at least they got a championship and they brought a championship home instead of what we did, which was nothing i don't think we've ever had a playoff game in metlife stadium but anyway like i was saying because i just as i can tell i'm rambling way too early my new york jets lost against the carolina panthers by the score of 19 to 14. the score at one point you could say probably wouldn't be indicative of how the game played out. If you saw the first half, then you'd probably be right. Carolina jumped out to a 16-zip lead. Carolina thoroughly dominated our offense, specifically our offensive line, and had our precious rookie, Zach Wilson, running for his effing life. And uh, what really, really messed, start messing things up, or should I say what actually gave me glimmers of hope in the first half when everything looked so dark and gloomy, was the fact that my quarterback has enough moxie and has enough confidence bordering on arrogance that he was willing damn near every play to not look for the next play. No, 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 no. I'm going to scramble. I'm going to go right. I'm going to go left. And I'm going to fling this freaking football 40, 50, 60 yards in the air because I have a chance to get that receiving stride. And at least the two or three occasions in the first half, these situations that I just explained came to fruition. There was one play in particular. As soon as Zach, as soon as Zach got the got the snap out the shotgun, he had to evade one one, one potential uh, tackler, then roll to his right, and then at the last moment he sees Elijah Moore in the middle of the field, though he was covered. He had a step. And at first, we believed that 
the cornerback with just a, a great defensive play. He broke it up. Then upon replay, it shows that the ball hit Elijah Moore right in the chest through his arms. A similar play, albeit a different game and definitely a different tier of football team. And I didn't want to make this comparison, even though a lot of people in, in the media had drawn comparisons to Zach Wilson and Patrick Mahomes in the fact that they can throw the ball accurately on such in such unorthodox angles and ways and off-platform and off-balance. There was a similar play late in the Kansas City game against the Cleveland Browns where Patrick Mahomes rolls to his white right under pressure, flings it about 50 yards downfield to one Tyreek Hill who actually catches the ball and waltzes into the end zone. The only difference, which is a big difference, but the only difference in the plays, Tyreek Hill caught the ball, Elijah Moore dropped the ball. Another occasion, he had Corey Davis down the field. Another broken play. And it was a it was a it was a it was a catch that Corey Davis, if you're going to be an elite receiver, if you're going to be a number one receiver, you have to make. He did it. So in the first quarter, the line looked two for ten, eight yards. I'm never, I've never been the believer of close, uh, almost did it, almost got there, almost, 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 when it comes to quarterback play. It's either you do or you don't. I, I never thought of good incompletions. That kind of shows you the depths of where I felt I've, I've fallen, that I'm analyzing incompletions. But. I told myself going into this season, when I look at these games, when I invest the time to look at these games, I'm looking at these games as in looking to see any potential, looking to see any room for growth, not looking to see, yo, we're going to win this game. Beckton went down with an injury, an injured knee. I believe he had a detached kneecap. He's supposed to be out six to eight weeks. Perhaps surgery is going to get a second opinion. Fortunately for the Jets, but perhaps unfortunate for Beckton, when he was out the game, the offensive line played infinitely better. Perhaps because you put Fant prior to his better position, which would be left tackle. And you had uh, Moses at the right tackle. Fair is a horrible right tackle. But as long as Becton is in the game, Becton has to be the left tackle. I don't believe Moses can play right tackle. Or matter of fact, he should have been playing right tackle because that was the that was the discussion of why is Fant in this game? He is a turnstile. There's always pressure coming from his way. Van Rotten, another one. Turnstile. So, 
there was a couple, there was a one interception where Zach uh, tried to throw over the middle, but he has to realize that if that slant is not there, if you don't hit that slant in three steps, it's not there. And you damn sure can't lob it across. He almost had back-to-back interceptions. The running game was nil, but Michael Carter, I believe that's his name, Carter. Yeah, Michael Carter and Ty Johnson need to be the primary running backs. Coleman, he could get you, he could get you a you know maybe a couple plays for a spell, but he should not be a featured running back. Mims, I don't know what's going on with Mims. Denzel Mims. Coach Sala said uh pretty much Jamison Crowder missed the game due to prior infection with COVID. Keenan Cole missed the game to an injury, I believe. They're both expected back for this coming this coming um Sunday's game against the New England Patriots. Denzel Mims was pressed into duty, but only to spell the top three running backs. Salah said Mims is not in the top three. And when you're not in the, in the starting three, you need to be able or be adapt to playing or manning all three positions. You need to know all the, resp- the responsibility for all three slots. And until he comes up to speed with learning all three slots, he cannot be a featured player in the offense. The one target that he did receive was a 31-yard t- yard completion. I don't know. Something is going on there. Last year, he didn't get that much burn, but when he was on the field, he did produce. Same thing this year. He was on the field for two, three snaps. He got 31 yards. But it has to be something tactically that he's not doing correctly. And I wonder, yes, of course, the offensive coordinator is supposed to uh, format the offense around the personnel that he the personnel that he has. But then at the same time, it has to be a responsibility of the player to uh be responsible. If these are what if this is what your coaches are asking you to do, unless you just don't have the ability to do it. If you don't have the ability to do it, then unfortunately, then you're not going to be of any use. Talented or not. So I don't know, but that that was very underrated. The fact that Jamison Crowder did not play in this game. He is almost like a blank. He's a he's a he's a comfy blanket to a to a quarterback. That shifty slot receiver, much better than Berrios. I mean, Berrios is serviceable, but he should not be in your top three rotation at all. So you replace Berrios for Crowder. You have Corey Davis. Then uh, you got something there. You have something there. You know, uh, uh, Croft, the tight end. He had a couple drops. There was about at least five drops in the first half. But the best thing about Zach Wilson was his tenacity, his his which called his his moxie, his arrogance. I always go back. I harken back 
to that first preseason game I saw Mark Sanchez in and how Sanchez had the arrogance of being on his own one-yard line and they're throwing out the end zone and he had the arrogance and the moxie to do a double pump, do a double pump fake and uh, throw it deep to Clowney and Clowney, it was a 99-yard touchdown pass. And they took that away from him, stripped him of his confidence. And I know this 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 coaching staff is not going to do that. They're going to enable him. Yes, it's going to be it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a damn bumpy ride. Now, the one other good thing with this team was the defense. After getting carved up in the first half, they only gave up three points in the second half. 16 zip only gave up three points. Shut down the offense. I mean, shut down, yeah, shut down the offense of Carolina. Shut down San Donald. And that brings me to Sam Donald. Sam Donald is now the problem, the trouble, the responsibility of the Carolina Panthers. I was an advocate for Sam Donald, but toward the end of, matter of fact, toward the middle of last year, when I saw that he wasn't progressing, when I saw that he wasn't, to turn a phrase, taking taking chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad, when I saw that he didn't seem like he was capable of doing that, and that I almost had gotten to the uh, resigned to the fact that Adam Gase was going to be our coach for the foreseeable future. Thank God he isn't. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work because he doesn't seem like he has the the balls to tell Adam, like, yo, this is what we need to do, or contest what he was being asked to do. He kept on still making the he was making the same mistakes last year. Throwing in a double coverage. Not seeing the receiver. Not seeing the safety that's lurking. Not not audibling or changing the protection to which going to uh to cover his blind side. So when I saw this last Sunday, I believe the first quarter, McCaffrey had about 12 touches. And almost 100 yards in total offense. And people were raving about Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, the first half, 11 to 16 for 233 yards. Out of those 11 completions, eight of them were fucking the McCaffrey. It's easy to garner those stats when you have the ultimate fantasy cheat code, the ultimate cheat code to begin with in the game, and Christian McCaffrey at your disposal. McCaffrey was supposed to be what Le'Veon Bell was to Donald. A security blanket. Something that I believe that they should make Saquon Barkley uh, the security blanket to Daniel Jones or the New York Football Giants. Hopefully, Michael Carter will be that 
scat back will be that back that you can come out the backfield and be that security blanket to one Zach Wilson. But that's what McCaffrey is. Plus, they have DJ Moore on the outside. You got Robbie Anderson, who he did develop a chemistry with on the outside. They have more ready weapons at their disposal than the Jets. But all this, oh, you see, the Jets was wrong. If I was the Jets, I would have kept him. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Do you know why we're not going to do that? Because the same things, the same problems that were rearing its ugly head in New York. I'm quite sure before this season's over, probably before the midway point, we're going to have those fans down in Carolina screaming the same shit that certain segment of the New York Jets fans were screaming up here. Donald is what he is. He's very inaccurate with his placement of the ball. And he's very mistake prone. There was a play late in the second quarter where Carolina was in the red zone. I believe it was inside the five yard line. And there was a there was a pass there was a uh, there was a there was a pass call for the receiver was a quick out to the pylon. Proper placement would have been an easy five-yard touchdown pass. But Donald threw the ball. Instead of leading the leading the receiver to the pylon, he threw the ball slightly behind him, slightly up, where the receiver had to stop his route and reach. And that, would, and that enabled the Jet cornerback, who was actually beaten on the play, to recover and break up the pass. He also threw an interception, which was a reoccurring theme because it seemed like he didn't see where the defender was coming from. I mean, I'm happy for the fact that Donald is in a, in a position and in a situation that he can prove his worth. He can say that, look, I'm going to be judged. I want to be judged on my merits and my merits alone, not based on the fact that I got a bullshit head coach that doesn't know what he's doing. So I'll give him that. I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to hear nothing about yeah, Sam, which cause Sam proved all the doubt is wrong. Plus, for as much as I'm bigging up my defense, it is against us. So, you know, I'm quite sure the team had a little oomph on it because they wanted to show and prove for their new quarterback, for their new leader. But, uh, yeah. Now, I actually did something that, uh, <laughs> that uh, I normally don't do. I wrote notes. Like I said, once again, new and improved. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I wrote notes. And I'm going, the reason I wrote notes, because I wanted to make sure that I got each and every topic that was going on in my mind while I was watching this game on paper so I could espouse it and spew it to the masses. So I'm going to read these notes as is. I'm not even going to play this shit alone. Like I'm just going to incorporate it into my into my conversation no 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 told y'all full transparency so 
First note, my online is trash. Too much pressure allowed. Zach looks poised and accurate, but just not getting the completions. Aw, oh, damn. The punt is hurt, man. And Mandola is punting admirably. <laughs> Which he did. That's that that was a that was a point that I neglected to do. See, that's why I bring that's why I wrote notes. First punt of the game, man, man gets injured, ran into the pitcher, and we didn't even get a fucking penalty because we got help. We got called for holding and said because our lineman was holding the defensive lineman, that caused the lineman to go into the punter, and therefore, I think it was a hyperextension of, of his plant leg. But um, Amendola was pressed into duty, and he was averaging like 50 yards a punt. Our defense is a war, is a work in progress, but they're decent. Donald is what he is. He's very inaccurate, and he's mistake prone. Just did the right thing and letting him go. Now we fast forward to the second half. Wilson, little jittery. Pressure starting to affect him a little bit. Ah, excellent bounce back after the first half. Davis is a stud. Finally, a number one receiver. Crowder coming back with help immensely. Where's Mims? Oh, shit. Beckton is hurt. Seriously? Is it seriously hurt? LaFleur was very shaky in the first half. Improved in the second half. D only allowed three points in the second half. Overall grade? C minus on a curve. Hopefully they would gel as the as the season progresses. Foot to the very end. Great building block. I think those are very accurate notes. And actually, everything that I kind of just spewed for the last 20, 20 fucking some odd minutes. It's going to be a rough ride. And um, you know what? Being the fact that I like the way that came off, I think I might start doing that more often. Well, at least with my Jets. Because, like I said, this is a teaching year. This is a teaching year. So, uh, you know, we just got to gotta take it step by step. Step by step. Every day. Every day we're together. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Door to Donnie Ooh podcast featuring various members of my household making a lot of noise in the background to make themselves apparent that Donnie Ooh is doing this podcast in his bedroom. If I didn't say it numerous times, yeah, that was probably about the third time I mentioned it. <laughs> like I said, I want some BS this week. Don't mind me. I feel like being half a troll, but it is what it is. Um, next week, I will continue be talking about the NFL. Probably, probably try to be a, a little bit more broader in the stance of what I, you know, what actually who or where or when or how or whatever team I'm going to be talking about. And I will probably be close to doing. A eulogy on the season of my amazing 
but not so amazing this year, New York Mets. And hopefully, maybe we have a double eulogy for the New York Yankees also. You know, I've noticed in my older age, because I just turned the tender age of 45 last month, I've noticed that this year in particular, my alter ego teams, teams opposed from the teams that I root for, you know, I'm a Mets fan, never really cared that much about the Yankees, but for some reason, they irk my nerves and I feel like just venting on them. My New York Jets, the Giants never really dealt, you know, never really bothered me. And tell you the truth, their last run, I rooted for them. Actually, their last two runs, I rooted for them as if they was my own team until we got to the pe- to parade and I jumped the fuck off that bandwagon. But in my older age, I guess it's just the, the bitterness is setting in of the lack of championships or the lack of success of my teams. And I'm seeing these other teams not so much succeed, but still be lauded for their past success. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Got to bring them down a notch. No, you, we ain't going to be riding those waves. Y'all haven't won. We haven't won. Y'all in New York. We in New York. We get the butt of the joke. Nah, time for y'all to be the butt of the joke. And, yeah, I guess it's just manifesting itself in different ways. But, um, yeah. With all that being said, here come the plugs! EasyTree.me slash Donnie Ooh. EasyTree.me slash Donnie Ooh. For everything Donnie Ooh, this podcast that you're listening on can be reached at EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Ooh. Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh merch can be purchased at EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Ooh. And for those with an ear for some underground hip hop, some 90s slanted hip hop, for wrapped with a soul. Donnie Ooh slash Donnie Child Music can be heard at easytree.me slash world of Donnie Ooh. Everything Donnie Ooh is one-stop shop. Easytree.me slash world of Donnie Ooh. Plug to downtown sports. My dude, Jonathan Pariente. Downtown sports. Jonathan Pariente. I didn't have a chance to listen this past week. So I have no idea what he's talking about, but nine times out of ten, any topic he's talking about with his man, the mouth of the South, is usually worth the listen. Check them out. Also, check out 19 Media Group Podcasting Network. 19 Media Group Podcasting Network. The latest episode of The Baseline. Basketball podcast just dropped today, or should I say dropped yesterday, Tuesday, September 14th, but you're hearing me Wednesday, September 15th, so they've been out a day already. In this episode this week, they will be talking about 
the 9-11 weekend and the 20th anniversary of the World Trade Center attacks. The Lakers trade of Mark Vassal to the Grizzlies. Denzel Valentine and Alizé Johnson two-year deals with the Bulls. Hall of Fame reaction and much, much more. Check out the Baseline NBA podcast anywhere that base anywhere that podcast can be listened to. Best believe they're on it. Salute. Check out the homies from the Black Wrestling Podcast. Brother Fam, Kyle, Math, Ill Fam. I'm quite sure this week they're going to get into the WWE Championship victory of the one and only Big E from the New Day. Check them out on YouTube. Like, subscribe. If you're really just dealing with the audio version, everywhere podcasts can be reached at, check the brothers out. And while you're checking them out, check out the Black Announce Table. Check out Public Enemies Podcast. The Holy Trinity of Black Wrestling. So, I think we done reached the end of this here episode. Of this here, hmm, uh, Top tier of this year, once again, people listen talking and playing music in the background. But this improved audio edition of the podcast, I think, being the fact that it's going to be dropping on Wednesdays, you might be hearing a more refined voice more often than not. But I will be still sprinkling in my own location recordings. Wow. My outros are getting longer and longer and longer, but it's not two and a half hours. So I guess I'm going to get out while I'm getting this good. Until next week, goodbye. Bye. Therapy would make me a better me Now it got me second guessing all my tendencies The way that I moved I didn't have a care of me All my thoughts unlocked Really starting to wear me My hitting thoughts are felonies Trying to live my dreams Now more than ever Shit ain't nothing but it seems All the bullshit in my life Has made me feel defensive Can you redeem a redemption Will with ill intentions My inattention Stop future ascension Return of the Sith Wasn't just a passing mention I meant it Sif shit's an old nigga demon time Remember celebrate my one nine with the valentine Chasing down with some Cisco wine Get my liver shine Top the night off with some love and an orange dime Man, what a great time to be alive If this the 12th round, I'm prepared to take a dive Still the best in the world And what the fuck I do Donnie fucking ooh. Salty thoughts of Donnie ooh podcast. On every channel near you. Ha ha! Goodbye.